You're now listening to the Stardust Oasis, a Nomads podcast. The Stardust Oasis contains adult language. Uh, Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Stardust Oasis, a weekly podcast dedicated to covering the latest news, community topics, and hype about Star Citizen. I'm Shepard Johnson. And I'm Shepard Rom. And we're excited to get into it tonight. On today's show, we're taking a look at the 3.0 production schedule and pretending we know something about netcode, breaking down the latest ATV, and we've got a special segment today. Nomad Creechy is joining us for Nubbins of the Stars to tell us about his literally new player experience. Let's do it. Joining us tonight is our very own Nomad Creechy player with next to zero experience with the game here to talk about his initial thoughts on star citizen thanks for joining us creech oh thanks for having me guys no problem all right so getting into the questions so when and how did you first hear about star citizen well i first heard about it on uh neogaf which is a uh gaming forum on the internet uh probably about three or four years ago uh they have a few threads dedicated to the uh, kickstarter pledges and there are a bunch of people who are already in organizations uh, that have backed the program. And uh, I'd heard about it in other articles and other gaming sites, uh, but that was where I got most of my information from, specifically the pledge backing and the uh, reward tiers and stuff like that. So what made you decide to back? Well, uh, I've been playing with you guys in other games, and uh, you had kind of brought it back into my uh, line of sight, so to speak, in terms of... Uh, games that I might be interested in the future. So I went onto the official website and also looked at some other resources and asked you guys some questions. And then I decided to jump in with the Mustang package and the single player squadron uh, game. And uh, that was about it. Uh, It it just seemed like uh, something I would be interested in. And now that it's more of a, uh, the, the actual game itself becoming more informed in a playable way. Uh, that made me more interested to jump in rather than it was just an idea a few years ago. Uh, so let me break in real quick. Uh, why did you pick up the Mustang package? Um, honestly, I had asked a few people, and they both gave me positives and negatives on both ships, but the Mustang honestly looked cooler. It looked more like a traditional fighting-type ship as opposed to the other one, which looked a little more bland. Although, you know, obviously there's positive and negatives to each type of ship. But uh, I just went with the Mustang ship in terms of its look more than anything. All right, thanks. All right, so have you gotten into the game? I'm talking more like, how deep have you gotten? Well, the deepest I've gotten in is I downloaded the game, which took quite a while. uh, And then I immediately clicked on Persistent Universe, which apparently is not really ready. And it took me to a very large hangar. I went up and down an elevator, uh, walked around some catwalks. And then I said, okay, job well done. Uh, and I logged off. <laughs> so you're telling me you haven't even really flown yet? No, I have not flown or been inside a spacecraft. In fact, I haven't even looked at mine in-game. Uh, I just kind of walked around that large hangar, and that was about the end of it. Basically, what you're telling me is uh, you get into the game, and you have no idea what you're doing. Exactly. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I probably should have looked at the manual. Uh, and There's, a, you know... A, vast array of websites out there that I'm sure I could have found out exactly how to get into specific uh, angles that I wanted to approach the game from. Uh, But I really just wanted to kind of test the game, check my settings, see how it runs graphically on my machine. And, uh, 
you know, just make sure it basically works. Because as I had spoken to you and others before, the game's not really quite at a point where I can sit down and play it for a few hours and, and feel like I'm actually, you know, doing game progress as fate. I was kind of waiting more for the next big update, as you had said before. And you still have plans to stick with the game? Oh, yes. I definitely am very interested. Uh, I, I'm just kind of waiting to where there's a bigger bite to take, so to speak. I think a lot of people are, yeah. What are you looking forward to most in the game? Well, um, from the information I read, I really want to get into the salvaging program and cargo shipments. That seems to be something that I would be into in terms of uh, freedom of playing the way I want to. I mean, honestly, you, you can fight in any uh, type of uh, role that you choose. But uh, in terms of uh, going around and exploring, I'd like to go through wrecks. I'd like to, you know, be approached maybe even in conflict from, you know, non-playing characters and humans alike maybe vying for the same things that i'm trying to go for and in terms of the cargo i always uh had a idea in mind uh there's a cowboy view episode where uh he has to one of the bounties is this lady trucker uh and he had to guess her name or something like that it began with a v but it's great episode she wasn't the target great episode yes. I love that episode. And uh, she was a cargo hauler. Uh, and I love the idea of that gigantic ship that's like a huge freighter you'd see on the road, but in space. And that would be something I would like to explore in a game. He's going to have a freelancer boy. Yeah. And also, just to correct you, for posterity's sake, she wasn't actually the target. Nerd alert. She, yeah. So oh, she was actually man. helping Spike get to the target. <laughs> So let me ask you a question. Uh, obviously, you're coming to the game with uh, some ideas about basically the genre, right? Everybody has ideas about space games in general, and there's so many different pieces of IP out there that are referring to it. As far as Cowboy Bebop goes, you and I have a similar dream, right? So Ram and I have talked about getting a Polaris, right? And mm -hmm. sort of using that as a base for a bounty hunting expedition, Um Cowboy Bebop style again. What other sci-fi influences are you starting to see in game? Like, what other fantasies do you think you can live out from other pieces of sci-fi? Um. Well, I mean, you have, of course, you know, your Star Treks and your Star Wars and stuff like that. Uh, getting back into anime, uh, Macross Plus is another one of my favorites. I don't think I don't think we're going to get any legitimately transforming robot <laughs> ships, though. Or cities for that matter, but yeah, <laughs> I, I could fuck with Mecha. Like I could fuck with that. <laughs> but, maybe uh, maybe Titan armor. That's about as close as it's gonna get. I think I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> but then again, hey, look at the original scope of the game for the original Kickstarter. Look where it's at now. I'd say anything's possible. Yeah, you know what? You're not. You're probably not wrong, honestly. Thanks for joining us this week, Creech. Want to stick around for some of the other segments? Sure, I'd love to. This podcast is supported by nomadsorg.com. Nomads is a free and open collective. We gather by choice, cooperate by choice, and are free to do as we please in the verse. We respect only one law, never cause harm to another nomad. If you'd like to fly, fight, and trade with equals, visit nomadsorg.com. That's N-O-M-A-D-S-O-R-G.com today. As of May 12th, we're two months away from the anticipated release of the 3.0 Star Citizen patch. Hailed by some as the second coming of video game Jesus, and by others as further proof that the entire project is a sham and we've all been defrauded in the most Byzantine Ponzi scheme ever devised by man, the 3.0 patch promises to add such long-awaited gameplay features as trading cargo, bounty hunting, 
planetary landings, among a host of other planned additions. There are lots of breakdowns on the inner tubes about the schedule, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, and a lot of what have yous. We've attached some of our favorite resources to the blog post this is embedded in over at nomadsorg.com, but the most important one is the RSI official post. In a move that is unprecedented for game and development, we can see, as it happens, the components being checked off, features getting bumped, and the ones that are ahead of schedule. Everything. The schedule report is huge. We've got multiple categories with a ton of work already done. Honestly, we can't cover the whole thing in a single episode, so we're going to break it down week by week. This week, we're going to start off with the new Persistent Universe content and gameplay, since that's what most people are clamoring for. Nobody wants to listen to lists, though, so we're just going to cover highlights, and since we're mostly laypeople who produce a weekly podcast about a game still in development, we're going to pretend that we know what some of these entries mean. First up for the PU is Modular Room System for Procedural Generation of Planetary Outposts. My personal favorite entry here is Official Outpost Spawning System, Ready for Mission Designers. Now, I'm probably envisioning something grander than what this actually is, but it feels like core functionality for a bunch of fetch 12th matchstick quests from a variety of largely flavorless mission givers who are named something like Planetary Middle Manager 01 behind the scenes. But what do you think? All right, so I remember a couple of weeks ago they were showing like the finer aspects of the official outpost spawning system, quote-unquote. And I think... You know, while it does sound very generic and cut and dry and we're going to have copy and paste, what they were showing is how it's actually going to be a lot more broad than you would think with each room being like a, a preset. And then they're able to just take all these other kinds of rooms and creating all kinds of funky, you know, stick together buildings that will not be the same. And even if by some extension, because they're going to be, you know, thousands of fucking buildings just on one planet alone, even if there are buildings that take the same preset shape, they were still having variations in color, furniture schemes, all kinds of different shit. So I don't think you're really going to have the whole like, oh, hey, I remember this outpost from that other outpost I was just in five minutes ago. Yeah. Has anybody here played No Man's Sky? Yes. Videos, I know what you're talking about. Every yeah. outpost and every planet had the same alien, the same desk, the same everything. Yeah, I think I think that's something that a lot of us are sort of scared of. My personal preference would be that they don't put nearly as many outposts on the planets. Like, obviously, this depends on you know the level of development for that particular moon or planet. But uh, No Man's Sky didn't feel desolate. It just felt overpopulated with sameness. I mean, I've seen the great videos of the like Tyrannosaurus Rex looking motherfuckers that like just look absolutely like. A horrible creation out of Dr. Frankenstein. Are you talking about the procedural monsters or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, I was really underwhelmed. Uh, and, and I can say at this point in Star Citizen, I'm not getting the feel that it's going to be that. It's just something everybody, you know, I, I think everybody sort of worries about it. I think we're using No Man's Sky as a benchmark of like, please, God, please don't turn into this. But <laughs> at the same time, we're, we're taking the worst possible outcome and like kind of calamitizing it that brought up another part i was thinking about in terms of no man's sky procedural generation in general it, it's kind of almost the old uh, concept of a million monkeys typing on a typewriter repeatedly and hopefully getting the works of shakespeare you may eventually get the works of shakespeare but you're getting a lot of worse things before you ever get to that point and i think a lot of the procedural generation techniques out there in uh, something so fast has the potential of putting a lot of those frankenstein creatures like you said and boredom out there even worse than Frankenstein creatures. So uh, MMOs typically have a lot of, this is the, the reference that I made earlier, you know, like fetch 12 match is actually a penny arcade joke about how sort of samey world of Warcraft quests could be um, mm -hmm. like go kill 12 things, go collect X, whatever. Um, right. I think a certain amount of that is just sort of necessary for MMO gameplay. Like, what sure. do you think? Yeah, I agree completely. Um, it, it builds your, uh, 
your skill set, your basic skill sets in terms of when you're going towards more advanced missions or raids or whatever you will be called in this, uh, to have those basic hunter gatherer, uh, fetcher type. You just know, get some stick time. Exactly. Okay. And then when it comes time for the larger missions with your groups or special events or anything like that, it'll be second nature to you. You have to, you know, learn to walk before you can run. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. Um, and another thing about, uh, I, I hate to keep referencing No Man's Sky, but why not? It's a pretty good benchmark. Uh, even the outposts in that, uh, there were like five or six different kinds of outposts, but they didn't have any variety in layout. Like every time you went to, say, uh, an industrial site or a research site, it was always laid out the same way. There was no differentiation. Uh, so I, I, I know that the modular system for Star Citizen, they're planning a variety of different layouts and room types. So I, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that they're going to get this one right. Yeah, that would be really good to see for for sure. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, and I don't want to preview the ATV too much, but the listing on the 3.0 production schedule was so juicy that I have to mention it. Uh, they have listed crash site mission, and on the latest ATV, they showed off a constellation that they had broken out all the geometry for, scattered it across the ground, and then half buried it in the ground, and then talked about having um, generic debris around. Uh, and I, I don't know what a crash site mission is exactly. How do you imagine it working? How I imagine it working, ah, it could be so broad. It could be a bunch of different things. It could be like, find this dude's data chip on his body, and the body's fucking slung, you know, how far away from the crash site. Or it could be, you know, look for said item in this crash site. It could be any number of things, really. You know, that's interesting. It might, it might. Uh, so I know they're working on getting scanners in the game for item 2.0. They could do so many things. It, you could get to the site and need to scan to find something. Uh, you could get to the site and need to clear out scavengers to pick up something. They could be any number of things. The idea of a crash site mission doesn't really attract me, but it's just the fact that it could, you know, be done any number of a million different ways. I, you know, I was just thinking about it. Uh, the I think the thing that I'm excited about for crash sites, or I guess crash site missions uh, in a larger sense, is the idea of finding. I love the idea of finding buried treasure. Like I always enjoy that. Uh, so and, what you're telling me is we're going to find a sand planet. You're going to be rocking around a big ass metal detector. Uh, I might. I might do that. All right. <laughs> and last from the room system, integrated outpost distribution in Planet Ed. Uh, a lot of backers have shared the opinion that they'll never build 100 systems in time for launch. Uh, but it honestly looks like they're building a system that will support someone who has zero technical or artistic skill putting together the shell of a star system uh, in like a content management system that will allow artists to come through afterwards and touch things and make them uh, more complete. I mean, I feel like that's how... So correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Joe, but don't artists normally have like a template or have some sort of rough outline of what they're going to draw beforehand? Uh, I mean, it depends. If you're doing production art like this, uh, you absolutely need something to start from. Otherwise, you're basically reinventing the wheel every time you touch something. Exactly. And with the systems that they've already displayed in 100 ATVs ago now, where <laughs> they were showing them building the planet, you know which one I'm talking about, right? I do, I do. Yeah, so I mean... You can fucking spend millions of hours creating each planet down to the most minute detail, but instead I think it's going to save everyone a lot of time, money, effort, and fucking headache if you're just like, hey, here's this planet, here's a base outline, now fucking make it look pretty, work your you know, mystical magic on it. Yeah, like a point of interest system. Exactly. All right. Uh, so also feature complete as of May 12th are the heavy marine armor shown in a previous ATV, and 
this is the part I'm most excited about, the Explorer suit armor. Uh, and they've converted the armor to work within, quote, modular customization structure, which I can only assume is the item 2.0 system for kidding yourself out with whatever role you want to play around with. I don't know. Did you see the ATV where they, they had uh, mount points all over a mannequin's body and you could yeah. kit yourself out with grenades and, and uh, medkits and whatnot? Yeah, I did see that. And something that interest me, you know, with item 2.0 coming down the line. What happens if you strap your whole chest full of fucking grenades and you take them around to the chest? Are you going to cook off? I hope you do. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. It's it's an interesting idea. I'm more of a door kicker kind of play style, so I'm excited <laughs> for anything that's got heavy armor. We're salivating for Titan. I think it's interesting how it will allow people to uh, dynamically pick their roles. Let's say let's say you're part of a crew of four or five, right? Yes. Uh, you know, you're obviously going to have somebody like Rom who's... Uh, He's got the energy shotgun, and he's got a bunch of grenades. Yeah, so, like, what role do you envision playing in that position? Are, are we speaking about a the first-person experience? Yeah, we're, 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 talk, we're talking about, like, an away team. Oh, okay, on an away team? Um, I would like to be a support sniper-type role, but that may not... That would kind of clash with me in terms of uh, my salvage, because I wanted to kind of be in there for the actual removal of the hardware or the special cargo. Yeah, so get out of stuff. here's the interesting thing about that. Um, since you have like ultimate flexibility to kit yourself out, if you want to be armed with a sniper rifle and then say have a, you know, like a scavenger's multi-tool, you can do that. And uh, the thing that I like about that is it's this sort of like, um, it's, it's role play without defined classes, right? Like if you want to imagine you're some sort of, uh, scoundrel who is a marksman who also you know loves tinkering with tech shit. You can be that, you know, and it's uh, it's all there for you. And it's just how do you want to kit yourself out at, at this time, you know? And then also when you look at it from the tactical aspect, that makes perfect amount of sense to me. You know, being the tactical master that I am, is I can totally see you as a scal scavenger out in the EVA in the fucking debris field, and then you notice something way out there in the distance, like some sort of pirate or something EVAing his way to you, and you can fucking blow his brains out before he even knows what's up because you've got that sniper rifle out there in fucking space. Yeah. All right, so uh, that wraps up uh, new Persistent Universe content, but uh, there's all kinds of other super awesome shit we want to play with, such as uh, a, an even bigger list of additions for gameplay, starting with item 2.0, uh, which we already mentioned, which is a huge pile of various functionalities, promises a lot of the improvements that backers have been clamoring for, You know, notably man turret improvements, useful functional support operator seats and ships, radar systems, refueling, et cetera, et cetera. Speaking of which, uh, it looks like the operator seats is scheduled to be complete on the 24th. Uh, I'm pretty stoked to see some meaningful gameplay for co-pilots, though I don't think we'll see much in terms of gameplay development in 3.0, just hooking everything up is the start. Uh, and as we go down the list, uh, you know, radar system, light control system, fuel refuel, power supply, Q drive. Uh, actually, what, is Q, what, is it, what do you think Q drive means in this case? Is that like your quantum drive? Yeah, but it's listed as an item 2.0 uh, element like what is as far as as far as I've understood they're going to have aspects where you need to repair that shit like sometimes it's going to break and then you're going to be sitting there floating like well I'm fucked so you know you either have some sort of repair aspect or you're calling for help now you know call AAA we'll we'll be there for you or something yeah maybe right. may, I guess since uh, if you can have people moving around in Q Drive you probably need to give them access to things while they're in it uh, that's right. probably the case yeah. Um, moving on, I'm seeing that our first playable cargo gameplay iteration is ETA for June the 2nd. Now I can go ahead and throw those boxes at your head. I'm pumped. Stoked. Uh, they're adding stamina gameplay. Uh, what do you think that means for on-foot gameplay, guys? Are we going, like, full Arma, or are we doing, like, Halo Mega Jumps? Where do you think it lands? 
I think we're going to go somewhere in between. I mean, you're not going for Halo Mega Jumps unless maybe you've got some sort of system on your armor, possibly. Think oh, of it as a hard tight. point. Yeah. I, could, I could see some sort of jump pack or a jet pack being applicable for when we're in orbit. But, you know, like the jump troopers and how they could fucking mega jump their asses real quick real fast that so, would be something that'd be interesting uh charles you're new to the game and you I, as far as i know you haven't touched any of the first person shooter elements i mean like what do you imagine it's going to be based on what you already know about the game um i don't know maybe something like uh a mobile power suit like mobile suit gundam maybe <laughs> Got got that mecha aspect. I love it. <laughs> Look, man. I, I mean, know. we I we can we can just buy. In my mind, that just keeps popping up when I think of this game for some reason. I mean, we could just buy you a copy of some Robotech Battlecry game or something. I, you know, if that's what you really want to play, we can make it happen. Titanfall. Oh, I do. Uh, so actually, this is a good Titanfall time. Titanfall would actually be great. Oh, sorry. It, no, it's fine. Uh, I Titanfall is a really interesting. Um, Titanfall is an interesting option for how the gameplay should go. Uh, I doubt it's going to go that way, but I do love Titanfall, and I think that I think that a lot of people look on it pretty favorably. Um, I don't know, maybe. Honestly, like I've always had a hard on humanoid looking massive robots that would just fucking lay out each other on ground. I don't really want a fucking spacesuit that flies around in space. For some reason, I've always hated that aspect because it just doesn't seem efficient to me. But I'm talking like down on ground, like. Troops on troops, I would love some like heavy armored, you know, mech suit. Well, which I, is basically I, the Titan. I just I, fucking slaying bodies in it. I know that uh, I know you're not the only one to be looking for it, so maybe it'll happen. Um, already complete on gameplay side, they've converted Crusader to use the object container setup. Uh, I suspect this is a fancy way of stating they've divided the planetary system up into different play zones where player interaction has changed in relation to that container. Um, but that's it for the schedule report this week. Uh, next week, we're going to dive into Cortec for all you system nuts out there and UI for all of us user experience nerds. This podcast is supported by nomadsorg.com. If you like screwing around and playing games and don't want to deal with a bunch of organizational headaches, feel free to check us out at nomadsorg.com. Plug time over. Let's get back to it. You feel the rhythm going. The May 11th ATB was a stunner, showing off the Aegis Reclaimer, MISC Prospector, and the MISC Hull C in various stages of absolute gorgeous finality, with the Prospector appearing to be very nearly complete, which would make sense as it's slated for a release in the 3.0 Jesus Walks patch. Included were... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, no, that's good, right? <laughs> Included were a variety of next-level volumetric lighting effects, atmospheric entry effects, and zap-zap lightning time. Also turning heads was the episode's main focus, we've already talked about it, the coming item 2.0 implementation. RSI devs detailed a host of problems with the previous use system, notably bounding boxes causing interaction insecurity and basically limiting everyone to use only the most basic interactions with no description of what they're interacting with. Judging from what we saw, though, the future looks bright with a host of highlighted features with a host of highlighting features, on-screen context for actions, as well as GASP, a cursor to let you know exactly what interaction you're about to left-click on. So, lots to be excited about in a couple months. What struck you guys? I'm going to just cut right to it. The thing that I'm looking forward to the most is takedowns. I was hoping that's what it meant when I saw them in the schedule. I was takedowns hmm i'm hoping i can judo flip someone in space and then lo and behold here comes this atv showing you just fucking brutal takedowns that i was hoping would happen 
Rom, like, I feel I feel like you have some anger issues you need to resolve somehow. All I really want to do is judo flip aliens in space, dude. It's quite a simple goal. <laughs> do they have to be green? They can be any color. I'm not racist. <laughs> oh man, well, I might cut that one. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, uh, so w- w- <laughs> Charles, what did you see in the ATV that struck you? I didn't watch the ATV. Well, you don't have to tell people that. I know you saw a thing. <laughs> I, I didn't see. I haven't watched the ATV. Again, start- <laughs> okay, start again. He, he really he it. really is the noob. <laughs> <laughs> I might keep this whole thing unedited. All right. So, was there anything from the ATV that struck you as really interesting? Well, I didn't watch the ATV in whole, but I did see some animated gifs of the uh reclaimer and that hook looks amazing that big claw how do you how do you think that gets used i i honestly uh, don't know i would imagine yeah, but... you'd be used to take uh larger ships and grind them into more compact chunks that you could put in your cargo holds and take to other places okay so what do you think you need a human operator to do it I don't know. I don't know anything about the terms of AI, what their limits are in the game. So it's an, it is it is an interesting time to talk about AI and how it works in the game. So my understanding is that the devs are want the AI to be able to perform any task that a human can perform, and vice versa. I mean, good luck. But I mean, as so let's just keep using the reclaimer example because, in my opinion, what I see that being used as uh, either NPC or human comes in with that crane and say you've got a piece of salvage that's in like some sort of orbit or you know dead spin and since we're in space that's just going to keep on going so you're going to come in with that crane you're going to like latch onto it and you know it's an immobilization tool gotcha that's what i imagine it being i could be completely fucking wrong no i i think i think i think you're actually onto something there i didn't really know how it would be used i mean i i don't feel like you would need it, it Here's a better question. Does it... I, I don't remember looking at the gift. Does it look like it feeds into the Reclaimer's, like, rear grinding bay? Like, have do you guys know what the layout of that ship is? Honestly, no, I don't. Okay. I don't well, my understanding is that the the Reclaimer has... Oh, wait. Is that the Crucible? I'm thinking of the Crucible. Fuck me. All yeah, right. The Crucible's got the deck that you're... Yeah, and, and, then it, and then your cockpit spins around and you look into the back of it. Right. Yeah, okay. Right now, if we're talking about the Reclaimer, I think that's just got the claw. I don't think it feeds in back... So I imagine the reclaimer is just going to be we've immobilized the salvage, we release the crew out to go pick that thing apart and get all the important parts we want and then either leave what's left or, you know, fuck off. Yeah, so that's got me pretty stoked for like a very different kind of gameplay. I mean, for, for now all we really have is shooting at each other, which, you know, I mean, what I could which I would love to see is if we got some, you know, non-lethal weaponry fucking pop someone's engines and then we come over with that fucking reclaimer and just crush their ship with the fucking arm. It, you know what might be possible? I don't know. Um, you're a horrible person. You're going to grind those people alive. Tool, or maybe use it as a immobilization tool itself, uh, holding a ship in place so you can board it with the first-person mode. That's a pretty good idea. That's an interesting way to do piracy. Um, so here's the thing that uh, I saw in the ATV that got me so super jazzed. So they're going through all the item 2.0 interactions. You know, they're picking up radars and installing batteries, whatever. Uh, it's just a little thing that I noticed, and it's it's really fast if you're not paying attention. He's taking apart his pistol. Do you guys remember yeah. this part? And then he looks at the side of it, and it says, attach mag grapple? Did you see are we that? Talking like, are we going to do some Spider-Man shit? Because I always wanted to jump out of a tower and shoot out a grappling hook. From my so, pistol. I didn't think they were going to go with a Just Cause 3 style system for boarding ships. 
But you, rem- yeah. you remember we've talked about before, uh, we're unsure about how the, the boarding mechanics are work, especially with the Cutlass Black's docking collars being cut off, right? Like they got rid of those. And I was like, right. I, or is it just going to be EVA? You're just going to try to float into the back of that spinning Avenger? Uh, you know, a la the last time I got myself killed in the PU doing something stupid. Hey, it looked fucking cool, though. It did look pretty cool. It's it's absolutely the little things sometimes in the ATVs that get me so jazzed up. I don't know. Like, when we were talking, like, I still would like to see mag boots. Do I think those are going to happen? No. So I think that a good compromise would be that mag uh, grapple, which would be really interesting to see. Um because now I'm thinking about more tactical aspects of it, because I can totally fucking see climbing a skyscraper with that shit and, you know, doing hood rat things with my hood rat friends. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for this week's installment of the Stardust Oasis. Uh, join us next week for more scintillating talk about schedules, delays, networking, and maybe we'll fit in something about flying spaceships around and trying to kill each other. And as always, see you in the verse. Yeah.